Okay, hello everyone. Um, yeah, so you'll probably see me cry quite a lot, and it's not because I'm sad, it's, um, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit, and just the Lord's joy filling my heart, so, yeah, so I don't know if today's going to come out, this past um, few days it's really been, I know, quite emotional, um, not because I'm sad or very happy, and because of Laura, but um, it's just like the Lord has been touching, touching my heart a lot, and I've just been, become so aware of His goodness over my life. Even just singing songs to him, it touches my heart deeply. And it's just been the Lord's work to stir that thing in my heart because I'm an engineer. I like maths. I like those, those emotions, and they don't always link to, so well together. But the Lord has just touched my heart over the past few years, and it just made me soft, <laughs> a little softy. Um, but, yes, I love the Lord, man. Um, so, yeah, I was just also thinking while I'm worshiping, I don't think I'm drinking enough water for all the tears I'm shedding. So I might get dehydrated. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so, yeah, I want to just start off. Well, just I just had a thought. So the Bible says, give honor where honor is due. And um, just, you know, I just realized, just, I think my parents just really want to honor them. Like, you know, they, you know, they've been, I am where I am today because of them. So thank you for, for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think just for the sacrifice that you've given for me. So thank you. I appreciate you. Mm. Yeah, and I think just, yeah, even Ants, yeah, and Lee and Andre, it's been a privilege walking with you guys so far. So thank you for just, I think, stretching me, letting me swim in the deep side. <laughs> yeah, it's been stretching with us. Swim, Yanni, swim. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, so I want to I share a word that I feel the Lord has placed on my heart for us as a congregation. And I want to just start by, um, yeah, giving a little bit of introduction. Thanks. <laughs> Because guys in this congregation is, um, yeah, they're very caring. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I want to just, I feel this word is from the Lord for us. Um, and oh, let me just get my timer going also. I forgot it. Otherwise, I might run away with time. Uh, don't you mind? No, I want to, oh, why is my password not working? Okay, now it's working again. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's not going to stop. <laughs> um, where is my... <laughs> okay, so I want to start by sharing a bit about myself. When I was young in primary school, I was very shy, very quiet, very introverted. I couldn't connect with people at all. It was almost impossible for me, and I had this big desire to, to make friends. So being this very shy guy, the Lord touched my, my life in 2008. That's when I gave my heart to him. And um, a year later, like grade nine, this young guy, yes, I can't even speak to girls. I would just like shake and stuff and can't speak in front of people. Um, we were in a worship service one day at our school, and I was just looking around. I'm just like, this is not how you worship the Lord. Everyone was just standing and looking at the band like, this is not how you worship the King of Kings. And I feel the Lord put in my heart, Okay, run around the crowd. Encourage these guys to worship me. I was like, what? No, 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 no. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't even speak in front of people. Now you want me to run and like do star jumps in front of the people. Yo, my heart sank. I was quite terrified. And um, I said, okay, Lord, the next song. The next song starts, I'm going to go. And then um, the next song starts. I'm like, oh, no, okay. I can't, I can't. It's too much, too much. Um, and then... Um, I said the next song. So this, this sort of goes on now. Okay, so anyway, I feel the Lord puts this on my heart. 
run around the crowd. And eventually, I think after five or six songs, I was actually quite disobedient. I didn't want to obey. It was quite scary. I started running. So the next song starts, I take that first step. And it's as if when I take that first step, it's like the Lord just came on me and all that fear of man was just broken. A massive part. This guy who can't speak in front of people. This guy who's so shy. Like, by just obeying the Lord, he broke something open my life. And I don't know. It was just like I didn't see the people anymore. I just saw him. I was doing star jumps. It was like running like this. <laughs> and it's like, what on earth just happened? Like, I'm the shy guy. And I think the people were also a bit shocked. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I didn't stop running around that, that crowd. Yeah, it was quite scary, but I think the Lord broke something quite significantly over my life that day. So, a few years later, now, also in high school, I think maybe with this thing of being shy and not really being able to engage people, sometimes you can go into a place, if I only perform and achieve, people will then start seeing me and loving me for, for who I am. Then they will see how special I am because I've got all these achievements, all these badges. And it's actually a massive lie from the enemy also. But I, I think somehow I started to believe that, even while I'm following the Lord and loving Him. And, yeah, you know, so I was, I think, a bit badge hungry. So in our school, like, people have, like, ten badges on each side. Like, it's crazy. All these badges and ties with labels, provincial clothes and stuff. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make that my goal. I also want that. It's not high school now. <laughs> Still being sanctified. Um, and, yeah, you know, I think by the end of grade 11, going into matric, I think I've achieved all the stuff I wanted to achieve, like uh, academics, performance, in sport, I've, in my eyes, I did quite well, and other people not so well, but for me, it was great. Um, uh, musically, um, culturally, leadership-wise, I've got all the positions that I hoped for. And I still remember myself walking back to my hostel at some point and thinking of this, and I realized, wow, this feeling that I thought I would have of fulfillment isn't so great as I thought. I've now achieved everything I wanted, but yeah, this just doesn't measure up. It doesn't fill me the way I thought this thing would fill me. And I just realized, but you're loving the Lord and obeying His voice. That fills me up. That's the thing. That is success in God's eyes. So that's the, the sermon's preach, is success through God's eyes. What is that? How does success look like? Not in a worldly way, but through God's eyes. And if you just compare these two scenarios, like out of the eyes of the world, having all these achievements, you would look pretty successful. This guy, he's, he's got it going for him. But if you look at the other picture, this, this fool running around the crowd doing star jumps. In the eyes of the world, the people think, this guy is crazy. He's foolish. But I think if you look through God's eyes, that's the thing that honors him. That obedience is what the Lord is looking for. And all these achievements, you will take nothing of that into heaven one day. It will all stay behind. People will forget that. People don't like you because of your achievements. They, they're interested in the heart. So maybe, um, I don't know, if you can put on the first scripture, um, 1 Samuel 15, verse 19 to 23. Um, okay, so why then? Okay, let's just, sorry, before we go into scripture, I forgot. I need to give context. <laughs> so there's a story in the Bible. Um, yeah, you can take it all for now, maybe. There's a story in the Bible where um, Israel, who God anointed, wanted, well, the people wanted the king. And God said, okay, let's make Saul king. And the prophet Samuel anointed Saul to be the first king of Israel. So now Saul, he did well in the eyes of the Lord for a while. And then at some point, Samuel the prophet came to him and said, the Lord wants you to go destroy this Amalekite. 
He wants you to wipe everything out. All the people, all the animals, because that's the Lord's command to him. So um, Saul, he gathers all his people, his armies, they go, um, they wipe out all the people, but the people then held back the best animals, the ox, the sheep, all the deer, um, they, they hold them back because they want to sacrifice this to the Lord as an offering. Um, so eventually Samuel comes back to, to Saul and says, but what have you done? What is this bleating of the sheep I hear in my, my ear? And Saul said, no, but we, we did kill them. We did kill them. I just held this part back so we can sacrifice to the, to the Lord at Gilgal. So that is what Saul's it is an intention. It seems very noble, won't you agree? He actually, no, no, let's, let's keep some back. and Just give it to the Lord. Let's give this to him. And then Samuel tells him, um, this is, okay, now I can put on the verse. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what is evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission to which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and, and I have devoted Amalekites to destruction. But the people took off the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord our God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And that is quite a severe consequence, I think, for having a good intention to sacrifice to the Lord. But what we see is what the Lord God desires is obedience and not our sacrifices. And to listen is better than the fat of rams. To actually incline our ears to hear what he's saying to us. That is what the Lord wants from us. That's his desire. And he actually rejected Saul to be king in his lineage. That's quite a hectic, I think. But it's just, it just emphasizes how important this is for the Lord. For us to be able to hear his voice and just do what he says. We sometimes add all these nice things and sacrifices and rams. But that's not always what the Lord wants. We'll dig into that more. Maybe the next scripture, 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look. Okay, sorry. It's a bit of context again. Um, so now the Lord has rejected Saul. And you know, he, he says to Samuel, okay, go find, go find the next king. It's one of the sons of Jesse. So Samuel goes to, to Jesse, and Jesse brings out all his sons. And he's, he's observing this one son. He's like, no, not this one. The Lord's still to Samuel. The next son come in, comes in. And he says, okay, not this one. And so he goes through all of the sons. The last one, the Lord says, not this one. And Samuel is like, is there any other, is there any other son? He says, yes, this is one other one, David. He's in the field looking after the sheep. And he says, bring him. And the Lord sees him. Uh, Samuel sees him, and the Lord says, this is the one. And so now you can put on the scripture. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So with all of this, the Lord saw something in David 
I wanted him to be king. Not all these strong men that Jesse thought, these, one of these sons, surely, not David, he's the sheep, sheep herder, or what do you call that? In, shepherd. <laughs> Herds the sheep. <laughs> and, you know, just emphasizes the Lord looks at our heart. I think that's the important thing. How is our heart looking? How is the posture of our heart looking? Is that pure? Is that a heart of obedience? Or is that a heart of, I'm going to show God how great I am. I'm going to show people how great I am. By doing all these sacrifices. If he tells you, hey, for the rest of your life, just, I want you to be intercessor and just pray. Or do you want to be up front and, and be seen by people? The key is do what the Lord wants us to do. That is, I think, the essence of this. And, okay, I think let's not, we don't need to put out the next scripture. So in Romans 10, verse 8 to 9, it speaks about confess that the Lord... Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's, that's the way to salvation. People always quote this thing so quickly and say, I could just say Jesus is Lord with your mouth and then believe in your heart you rose from the dead. But do we actually know what this word Lord means? We say it so quickly, Lord Jesus. But what does this mean? So I, I thought let's go into the definition. I just wanted to make sure I, I drilled down to the essence of this. So I actually went to the Greek. Just, just double check what does this word Lord, Lord means. So Lord in Greek is kurios, um, and it comes from the word kuros, and it, it means supremacy, supreme in authority, that is as a noun, a controller, by implication, mister, as a respectful title, God, Lord, Master, Sir. This is the word Lord, it's used in the Bible. It speaks about supreme authority, Master, Lord. So if you say that Jesus is Lord, that actually means you confessing He's the one that's got my life now. And sometimes we just miss that. Now, he's my savior, but we forget he's also Lord. And when he asked him, that's why God, I think, desires obedience so much. Or I'll get into it a bit more, but he's our Lord. That's the way we should posture ourselves, because he is our Lord. He's not just our savior. We accept him and I put him on the side and we go on with our lives. We actually are now belonging to him. He paid, us, he paid for us with a precious price. You know, but I want to also paint another picture. So quickly we can have this picture of God being this father on the throne up high, just giving us commands. Be, be slaves, be servants, just do, 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 do. But that's also not entirely the heart of God. So let's you know, go to the next scripture, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. So this is now Jesus in the New Testament. He is the image of the invisible God. He came to make known the true nature of the Father. And he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this just paints this picture of Jesus, his heart. He made himself as the king of the universe of low reputation. He took the form of a servant and he didn't count his, his stature anything to be grasped. So the next verse, um, John 13, verse 3 to 5. I'm just trying to paint a picture of who Jesus is. The revelation of the Father. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin. And began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
So Andrew also used these scriptures at the Fortoff conference, just painting this picture of Jesus also being a servant. And that, that position of washing the feet, that was, I think, the position of the slave in the house. Because there wasn't a slave there to do it, Jesus said, I'll do that. I'm willing. I'll show you the example the Father has. But not making myself of anything and saying, but you guys must do it. I'll do it myself. And that's the heart of Jesus for us. Now you ask, but who is this Lord that's just requiring all this of us? This is who he is. He came and made him lower in a way than us in that moment. Show us the example. And then just the last one, just to continue painting this picture. Philippians 2, verse 3 to 8. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is our Lord and Savior, the one who emptied himself completely. He could have chosen another way maybe to give us salvation, but he chose this way. I'm going to make myself man, live with them. I'm going to be part of them. I'm going to you know, relate with them. Then I'm going to give my own life for them. Isn't that the craziest idea? That the one who made us also died for us, so we can have a relationship with him again. It's just crazy to think like that. So he would ask, but who is this Lord and Savior? Why would I give my life? Why would I do every single thing he asks of me? Because Jesus was obedient to the point of death. He gave everything. So it's so important, I think, for us to realize this, what he did for us, so we can posture ourselves in the way he desires. Yeah, so I'm just going to run through. I don't think you need to put on the, the, these scriptures. I'm just going to run through them. Just continue to paint this picture. So what does God require from us? Jesus said um, his food is to do the will of the Father. And he says whatever he sees the Father doing, that he does. And he did not come down to do his own will, but to do the will of the Father. And in John 14 verse 15 he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. I think just painting a picture, and sometimes it's so easy for us to, to miss these things. Not really here. Or if we hear, we don't want to listen. We, we hear this voice of the Lord speaking to us, but we don't want to make the shifts needed. Um, but Jesus' posture was, I want to do the will of the Father. He, he could have done his own thing, but he chose to be submitted to the Father and bring himself under the will of the Father. Even to the point where he says, Lord, oh, if this is your will, take this cup from me. He doesn't want to go through to dying on the cross. He really didn't. He was sweating blood. That's quite an intense, I think, experience. Like, you can see me crying. That's not nearly as intense it was for Jesus that night before his crucifixion. And that's to the extent that he went for us. Yo, you guys still look at yeah? <laughs> Sorry. So, now I want to paint us a picture. Or this is the picture I felt the Lord gave me for this message. And it was so cool because I think Andrew, the word that came last night was that of a tuning fork. You know, in an orchestra, you've got this tuning fork, they, ding, the thing, and then everyone tunes the instruments according to this frequency. 
And Jesus is a tuning fork for us. We want to align ourselves to who He is and what He wants from us. And not all these weird things, you know, that sometimes we get into. But let's just realign ourselves to exactly what Jesus wants from us. And I feel that is the place of just hearing His voice and obeying. If you can stay in that place, you're being tuned into that fork daily. But there was two things that I felt the Lord highlight. The one is um, directly disobeying God. It's called uh, rebellion. You're rebelling. The other one is indirectly disobeying God. Um, I wanted to give it the word religion, but I would always say dry religion. Because that's God says, only kill the, all the people, as he said to Saul. But Saul said, okay, I'll kill them, and I'll keep some back to sacrifice to you. That was from a good intention. He tried to obey God, but he didn't obey God exactly. He wasn't exactly tuned into that tuning fork. He went a bit outside of that. So, yeah, I felt the Lord just wanting to come bring recalibration to us, to align ourselves with that tuning fork, get in the place of just obeying Him. And I think, I think the dangerous thing is we can, we can quickly fall into the thing of legalism again, like the Pharisees did. They, their heart was to obey Jesus. But they missed it a bit. They were so fixated on their rules and their traditions that they completely missed the heart of God. And I think that's the important thing. It's, it's God's words. It's not legalism. It's not laws. Do this, 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 and that. It stems out of a relationship of Jesus. It stems out of listening to his voice. Whatever he's saying, you do that. And that's so life-giving. He would ask you sometimes to do crazy things. Actually, it's going to give breakthrough like it gave in my life. I didn't know that the Lord's going to break fear of man over my life, but it did. I just obeyed his voice. It's actually so easy. And as an engineer, I want to figure everything out. I want to fix everything myself. But the Lord just fixes things in me without me knowing it by just obeying his voice. And I think there's different ways the Lord can, can help us to recalibrate. So I just want to share some stories from my life that I've had to go through recalibration. I think, so one of the main struggles that I've had in my life is rest. Just learning to rest well. And, you know, <laughs> people are laughing because they know this guy. Yes, I make people tired sometimes. <laughs> the amount of sometimes energy I have and keenness to organize socials and just not sit still. Like, I love being on the move. It energizes me. So the more I move, the more energized I get. And <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> the more I rest, the more tired I get sometimes. I'm joking. You need to sometimes just cool the engine down and just take a breather, as God modeled for us in the story of creation. And what I felt the Lord specifically told me in that time of my season was honor the Sabbath day. Just one simple thing, honor the Sabbath day. So it could look different for people. Some people think it's a Sunday, something is a Saturday, something is the Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. I think it doesn't matter the details, but what the Lord said to me is to honor the principle of Sabbath rest. So for me, I was quite um, tired of the whole week of engineering classes, ending at 5 o'clock on a Friday with a tough test of drawings, and then I would go to my room and just rest. And it was difficult at the start, man. Yes, see, I sit there, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here. Okay, Lord, I'm resting, I'm resting, this is great. I, after 15 minutes, I'm just like, just getting boring. Okay, let's, let's message people and hear what they're doing. <laughs> it's telling boss on a Friday night. I don't want to sit in my hostel room alone. <laughs> and then uh, one, I noticed one specific evening, I messaged my friends. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, busy, 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 busy. I'm like, I think I messaged seven people. And it's like, all of them are busy. I'm like, how is this possible? 
This is not possible. It doesn't make sense. At least one of them should be open for me to join. And I just felt the Lord say, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to spend time with you tonight. I'm like, oh, this is awkward for me. I don't know how. Because <laughs> actually, I've, there's a muscle that's grown weak in my life. And it's, it's awkward to exercise a muscle that's grown weak. It's difficult. It pains. You sweat. It pains a lot. Like, yo, I don't know. Sometimes just I get fit with running and then I stop. And when I start, legs are sore for two weeks. It's not fun. But you need to go through because you know your muscles need to stay strong. You can't keep that muscle weak because it's uncomfortable. You need to train it. So this was the start of, a, I think, almost like a 10-year journey for me, like just rest. And the Lord started speaking to me about this in high school already. He gave me a dream. I threw a dream. He revealed, okay, he wants me to rest, and I'm striving. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm fine. And, um, yeah, sometimes we don't see even our own faults. And through the Scripture, the Lord reveals it. So this one Scripture, I think Hebrews 3 slash 4, you don't have to write it down. It just, well, you can if you want. It speaks about rest. And that Scripture, people have shared that Scripture with me numerous times. It speaks about rest, entering the rest of God. And through that, it started to open up my eyes to see, actually, I'm striving. Actually, I'm not resting as the Lord requires. Even though I'm trying to honor the Sabbath, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm not doing it right. And it was a process. Eventually, I am more restach, rest, oh, sorry, I'm peaceful. I don't know. Restach is such a nice word in Afrikaans. I'm finally restach, at ease of my heart, to just sit with the Lord on a Friday night on my own. And I think that's where He wanted to get me. But we need to hear His voice find these little things that we can actually obey him on. Because he sees things in our lives that we can't see. And through hearing his voice, he's going to address those things that he wants to address. And not the stuff we think we need to address. Yeah, the other thing is, is through my leaders. I think I've made it a value and I've seen it in the Bible. People spend time with leaders. I've heard the elders share continually but the value of getting to leaders, spending time with them, hearing their voice and their input. The thing is, a leader can't force you to do anything. Like We need to take ownership of our own lives and our decisions. But you can go seek counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel there is safety. And I think there's such a safety of actually submitting your life to your leaders. I've done it for years and years. Even though I haven't always agreed, there's been such fruit and such good decisions made and avoidance <laughs> of such bad decisions. But just listening to them, I thought sometimes I've got great ideas. And looking back, like, praise the Lord, I listened. Because, <laughs> you know, I would have gone down weird rabbit holes. Yes, it wouldn't have been great. So I think that's a value. That I think we should um, try and uphold. I think even you need to be vulnerable and open up your life for that input. So even through this year, I've really opened my life to ants. Here I am. Share the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and if leaders can see that, they can give much better wisdom and counsel and yeah, I think Ansi really encouraged me a lot with, hey, rest, take off. In my head, I would think, I'm already taking off. I'm, I'm resting enough. But I would say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey what he's saying. Even though for me, it doesn't look like I need rest, I'm going to rest even more. Just going to drop the gears even more. And th do, through doing that, I didn't see even the fruit that could potentially come. Um, but I'm so glad I did obey because through doing that, I'm like, yo, the Lord is actually breaking something up in my life by me just obeying and submitting myself and not burning out. So, yeah, it's such a key thing, I think, for us to, to get. Through brothers and sisters in the Lord, spending time with people, friends, people in the community, rubbing shoulders. I think <laughs> I've seen some friends. They rest. One, one of my good friends, Ruan Spies from Stellenbosch, he's an elder there. And, yo, his life has encouraged me so much. He is diligent of his rests, going to bed in time. And this... 
the fruit, I'm like, yo, this God doesn't use so much time with people, but when he uses it, the fruits are amazing. The amount of people he's discipled, the, the people who's growing in leadership just through this man's life, and he's just modeling this thing of rest. So me seeing that, he's challenged me and actually forced me to grow by just knowing there's a better way than I thought was possible. Other things, even through physical things sometimes, the Lord can give a little, you can feel this anxiousness in your heart. You feel this tiredness in the eyes, you know. Sometimes I would get injuries, like, no, just another injury. Or maybe the Lord is telling me, <laughs> chill it out, gear down, rest a bit. And it's not, not always like that, but in my case, I've, I've learned to hear the Lord's voice. I know through these things, He's speaking to me. And we all need to, to learn how to hear the Lord for ourselves. How is He speaking to each one of us individually? Because the way He speaks to me is not going to be the way He speaks to you. And you need to go learn. And I think, Andre, the, the things he shared last week, those disciplines of getting strong, those are the things that help us learn to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to remember that and do it. We need to practice it. Because that's how we get to learn how to hear his voice better. I think this is just, this is just my example of rest and having a struggle. And there's many other things I think the Lord can challenge us on. Like maybe obeying your parents. Maybe obeying your leaders more. Maybe tithing more, or just tithing, starting to tithe, starting to give. Love your neighbor as yourself, not neglecting the gathering of the saints. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Are you making it a priority to get to the saints? Or is it just something, no, when I get time, I'll do it. Like, the Bible doesn't tell us if you get tired, just, <laughs> just take off. And I think sometimes I've had to force myself to come. I have to force myself to Sunday meetings. I was tired. I'm writing exams the next day. I say, Lord, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to go. And sometimes there is time where you need to take off, but not in a regular basis. I think for me, and I've seen the fruits, like the performance and the output the Lord has given me by just honoring him first, putting the, the, the small things in place. And that's, that's in the end obedience. It mustn't just be a legalistic thing. Oh, I must go to church or come because I must. But what is the Lord saying to you? What is his heart for you? You know, in spending your time. What is he saying? We need to obey him. We're not here to obey the leaders. We're here to help facilitate you, hear the Lord's voice, and obey the Lord's voice. And this is just what we've seen um, going forward and in the kingdom. Yeah, and I think the key thing in, in landing, and shared um, two weeks ago about abiding in the vine, and this is where all of this stems out of. Listening to his voice and obedience, relationship with him, comes from abiding in him, doing those spiritual disciplines Andre spoke about, and exercising at muscles. And it shouldn't be too complicated. Like, I overcomplicate things so much, so quickly, and you get like in this thing called analysis paralysis. You're just stuck, and you can't move because there's so much stuff going on in your head. And I don't think it should be so difficult for us to follow the Lord. He made us to have fellowship with him. He made us to hear his voice. Like Anne said, the sheep hear his voice, and we obey him. John 10. Um, so, we need to get to the place of just abiding in Jesus again. Making sure he's the source. He's the one's voice we're listening to. And I think without his voice, and just doing all these things in tick boxes, we will start getting into a very dry religion again. We just do the stuff. It's going to kill us. Like following the law without the Spirit is going to kill us. It's going to dry us out. It's going to burn out. We need to have that living waters flowing through us that Jesus gives. I think that's the key thing for me. And 
just, just the last scripture I want to share. Um, I don't know if you can put it on. Hebrews 4, verse 8 to 11. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So what is this rest that they're speaking about here, and how do we enter it? There was this picture of Sabbath rest. There's a picture of the Israelites going into the promised land. I think many people think this promised land is, is heaven. Oh, we can just get to heaven one day. Yes, I found rest. But it's not heaven, it's Jesus. You only find true rest if you enter into Jesus and stay there. And the Israelites couldn't enter into that place because they dis were disobedient to the Lord's voice. And I want to give you an invitation to enter this Lord's rest, actually entering into Jesus, actually giving our lives to Him, saying, I want to give up. I'm tired of fighting and trying to get to heaven into that promise of rest. It's only through Jesus and the price He paid, the sacrifice He made, confessing Him as Lord and Savior. It's the only way we can enter that rest.